Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am absolutely blessed and grateful to be here with my friend, Namesh Patel. Namesh, how are you? I'm great. Great to see you. Absolutely. Great to see you too. And we got the, uh, we got the fish flying around behind you. Yeah, we got right. some beautiful <laughs> colors there. I'm feeling yeah. very soothed right now. Yeah, it is a very soothing space. Yeah. That's why we have that here. Uh, yeah, help, helps, help, helps keep the kids under control a little bit. We put them in the quiet spot in here. That's awesome. And I know the YouTube listeners are taking a deep breath and they're just yeah. settling into their, their, their chairs right now and they're ready for a great conversation. And I know I am. Uh, I'm ready to take it to another level. Um, and I know Elevate Nation is as well. So I want to welcome Elevate Nation back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is where we're going to discuss the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems, the tools, the strategies, and so much more from individuals who are elevating to a life without limits so that you can do the same for yourself or even more for yourself. And this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And I uh, got to do a little bit of housekeeping here. If you appreciate what we're doing, please subscribe to the show. Give us a rating, a review, a five-star review if you're so inclined. It certainly helps us and it helps reach more people with this message. If you've appreciated this message, um, just do us a favor and spend 15 seconds and uh, you know give us a little thumbs up there and uh, certainly helps. So appreciate that. And uh, with that said, I want to dive into the show. I'm really excited to introduce you to Dr. Namesh Patel, uh, who is a husband uh, married for almost 18 years and a father of four young boys. Living in Colorado, he takes advantage of the mountain lifestyle with his family, skiing in the winter and hiking 14,000 foot peaks in the summer. And I've, let me tell you, I've done that one time. I couldn't breathe yeah. for four days. It was yeah. unbelievable. So kudos yeah. to you on that one. Uh, his, his active family keeps him on the move for sure. For his day job, Namesh is a board certified orthopedic trauma surgeon. While he primarily focuses on orthopedic trauma, he also takes care of patients needing total hip and total knee replacements. After graduating from Emory University, he obtained his medical degree from the University of Arkansas for medical sciences. His orthopedic training was completed at the Oshner Clinic Foundation in New Orleans, Louisiana. During this time, Namesh dedicated or decided, I'm sorry, decided to spend an additional year of training focusing on orthopedic trauma. He completed his fellowship at Harvard Medical School. He currently practices at the largest private orthopedic group in the state of Colorado. He's part of the AO faculty, which is an international organization that conducts conferences teaching orthopedic trauma skills to orthopedic residents and training, as well as practicing orthopedic surgeons. He has lectured around the country. Also residents rotate with him, uh, and some of his partners where they lend hands-on orthopedic trauma surgery. In addition to this, Namesh is working on a growing a real estate portfolio. He's a founder and principal of Lion Park Capital LLC. He has served as a limited partner as well as a general partner on several deals. His interest and in obviously that of Lion Park Capital, Lion Raising Capital, for and being an active member in multifamily apartment syndication platform. So, Namesh, with that said, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit more about yourself behind the bio. Who is Namesh as a man? 
Yeah. Um, first of all, Tyler, thank you so much for this opportunity. I've really, really been looking forward to it. So it's, it's uh, really enjoying our time together. Um, you know, basically, uh, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. I, I was there with my two uh, younger sisters and grew up in a kind of a regular uh, middle-class family and, you know, went to college. So, while, you know, while we were there, we, like many families, had some financial struggles and, you know, quickly became aware that, uh, you know, whatever I achieve is going to likely have to be on my own and there's not going to be a safety net uh, kind of there to back me up, but which is, which is perfectly fine just because that's how, you know, majority of people kind of go through life. Um, so with that in mind, uh, you know, I had to be very thoughtful of the path I chose. And, uh, and as a result of that, right or wrong, I wasn't overly aggressive or risky. And, you know, medicine was something that provided a formula, if you will, that if, you know, you work hard enough and get through those steps and, and kind of jump through those hoops, then, you know, you end up with a pretty good career and comfortable lifestyle. And uh, it's kind of almost like a little cookie cutter format if everything goes well. Uh, so from Atlanta, where we went to college, did med school, residency and fellowship and did all my training, uh, ended up here in Colorado, where I got my first job out of training. And, and I've been here 10 years now. And I've been very happy. I've been very fortunate to have uh, found uh, my, my job that I, I don't plan on leaving as long as, uh, as long as they don't kick me out or anything like that. But uh, no, it's, it's been a really good uh, ride from that perspective. And, you know, I think now that I've reached this state where I've been in practice for 10 years, I'm, I'm kind of getting to a point where I have a mature practice and things are kind of almost like this steady state or almost like a cruise control uh, situation. I've started to put a lot more thought into, well, okay, I've, I've kind of done all these things for myself. Now, where do I go with, you know, my kids and how do I get them on the same path? Can I get them to a point where hopefully they'll reach, you know, uh, similar lifestyle and goals in, in, in their futures. So um, it's, it's kind of really taking on this idea, like how do I find the formula for them and, and kind of figure out what's the right thing? Because, you know, what I did may not be what they want to do. They, they may not want to go to medicine, which is perfectly fine because unless you really love it, this is not, the path just to be forced into. I mean, there's plenty of other possibilities way or plenty of other ways to be profitable uh, with the amount of time and energy you spend in uh, for, for something like this. So, you know, going back to the assumption that they may not want to do this, you know, I, I spend a lot of time now thinking about how do I teach them the right principles and kind of mindset and how to think about things that they can then apply to whatever line of work they choose. And, and part of doing that is really me first taking that upon myself and, and, going from there in terms of how do I grow individually and understand those big concepts. You seem like you're an individual who's just so driven towards creating a legacy and also thinking ahead of, you know, not only thinking back towards, you know, your upbringing to where you, you even mentioned maybe there wasn't necessarily a safety net there in some ways. And so you had to get creative and resourceful in your thinking and say, all right, what's a safe and a prosperous future look like for me? And perhaps that was through medicine for yourself. And now you're also being so cognizant and thinking, all right, well, I've created a mature practice. Uh, I'm, you know, developing other vehicles in my life that are giving me more than just a mature practice and more than just what I set out for in medicine by investing in real estate. And you're also thinking ahead of how can I set up and, and lay a groundwork for, for my children to think ahead towards what is the best way for them to do to design their life. So I'm just curious, you know, where does that come from? What, what, what's the drive? I mean, what moves you to, to sort of approach your life in that, that capacity? You know, I think you just never know where things are going, right? So like we can say, well, okay, I've, I've reached my personal goal of becoming a physician, getting settled down, having a family, you know, having a steady job. 
And, and I think what always is in the back of my head, and maybe this has to do a lot with my bringing in kind of just livelihood as I kind of grew up through all these stages, is you never know when things can change. So right now, like, even though I'm a surgeon, maybe let's say I, I injure myself or I, I physically can't do the work I'm doing. Maybe my practice has something happen to it. Healthcare changes where it makes practicing medicine very difficult. Maybe this will never happen, but some crazy virus takes over the world and crushes the world's economy, right? Like, you know, who would think that would ever happen, right? And upend everyone's life. So you just never know. I feel like when this kind of outside uh, disruption can occur and I, it's almost always being ready to pivot to something else and, and not kind of all have all your eggs in one basket essentially. And, and I'll, having that freedom mentally, I think is, is kind of a big part of just you enjoying your current life. And, and I want to make sure like I'm able to pass that on that kind of mindset. Yeah. I love the, uh, I just love the concept of just mental freedom more than anything. And just yeah. having an understanding that you have options if you need to pivot due exactly. to any sort of outside disruption, because it's not if, but when, right? I mean, you know, we've been dealing with a virus situation, but what else is going to happen in the future, right? I, you know, I've talked about this several times recently, but I, I read a book called, you know, The Black Swan. And, you know, one of the big things of my biggest takeaways there is that the uncertain is certain, you know, it, it's going to happen. Yes. Um, we just don't know what's next. And history certainly repeats itself in so many different ways. But it's not always the same, you know, so what are you doing to give yourself options and, and malleability to be prepared and be prepared to thrive and to design your life. So I love that. And, um, you know, talk to me about sort of as you've sort of grown your practice and as you're investing in real estate, why did you choose multifamily specifically as another avenue yeah. for yourself? Yeah, good question. And, uh, you know, when I, when, once I decided that I felt like I needed to just have something else available besides besides my day job, if you will. Um, I, I looked at different opportunities, and, and one of the kind of one of the constructs I, I or one of the lanes I kind of set myself in where I was I didn't want to kind of veer from was that I wanted to maintain what I do. I, I really enjoy being an orthopedic surgeon. Um, I, this is not a situation where I'm looking to quit my day job or go find something else to do because it's just not working out. I really enjoy it, but I'm trying to protect protect what we've achieved and, and kind of find a different avenue. So real estate, by the time I came across to that was something that, uh, you know, uh, with the right knowledge and background and connecting with the right people, you can develop this line of income uh, passively, which is a big part of things. Um, it's, it's not overly laborious, you know, by the time you put in the right systems in place, connect with the correct, right people, you can do this uh, on the side, despite having a full-time job. You know, we, we all know a lot of people who've done that. And as they get to a certain scale, then maybe they got to quit their day job. But I'm, I'm looking for something, not only for myself and my immediate life and my current family situation to protect that. But uh, again, I, I've got four boys that I got to raise and I got to kind of develop some kind of uh, structure for them that if they choose to utilize it, great. But if, if they not, if they don't, that's okay. I just want to make sure that they understand that it's not only a single path and there's multiple things you can do. Yeah. So real estate kind of solves two of those issues for me specifically. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Mm -hmm. 
And I would imagine you looked at multifamily specifically and, and liked the risk profile. You liked the trends yes. of where that's going. And you felt like that was a, not only could you develop systems around that, but you, you thought that the asset class provided you the longevity of what you're looking to accomplish in your life. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you mentioned multi, multifamily specifically and it, as everyone who has been on your show and you know, right, it's, it's the, unlike single family home where if you're, if you're out of a tenant for a short period of time, I mean, you have zero income coming in. Um, your risk profile definitely diminishes with multifamily because ultimately if you're, if you have a couple of tenants who aren't in your apartment complex, you have multiple others that are covering your expenses and mortgages and rent and, or your kind of other large expenses. So that's, that's extremely helpful so that um, you're essentially preserving your capital and uh, still trying to hopefully generate income on the side as well. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I, I want to dive in with you, just especially being a, a busy professional, you know, a physician, and being able to develop this on the side of your main gig, I'd love to talk about systems. I mean, how are you able to systematize? Yeah. And, you know, because as you mentioned, you know, perhaps in some ways, it, it may not be laborious to a certain degree, but you've got to build your systems. So it yep. is that way. So I'd love to, what are, what are some of the most important systems that you've developed that that's gotten you to that point? I think what's helped me the most is uh, probably compartmentalizing things. So when I'm, when I'm at work as, as, as a surgeon, I am full attention, full energy and take care of patients. Um, when I'm at home to that point, I, I really try just like my family's been very supportive. Wife and kids have allowed me to kind of be successful as my job as a surgeon. I want to return that favor to them and, and be very protective of my time with them. So I do everything possible while my kids will probably remind me and, and be vocal that I don't, I, mean, I fail at it, but at least I have some kind of guidelines to try to protect their time as well, because that's just important. So as a, carries over to multifamily and, and kind of growing the business perspective of things. I, I've learned that I need to do A, B, and C, and, and I compartmentalize time for that. And whether it's early in the morning to dedicate an hour or two, or maybe an, an hour or two at the end of the day after the kids are gone to bed, one of my rules is I can't have that regularly kind of interfere with, again, my, my career as a physician and my family time. And I've really kind of set those walls um, appropriately so I can really get that work done. So it sounds like you're an individual who likes to batch time rather than yes. work a little bit here, work a little bit there, and maybe get a little bit uh, unfocused. Um, so talk to me, what are some things that you batch? I mean, what are some important sort of dominoes that you can knock over in your business that give you a little bit of leverage in your results? So I would say, uh, you know, it's it's a classic kind of situation where you you can never close on a deal if you don't put offers on deals. You can't put offers on deals if you don't have a deal flow. You can't have deal flow if you don't have access to brokers and sending you deals. So I, it, it has to be a very structured system where once you've decided the plan that you need to achieve or the plan you have to execute to achieve a goal, then you can just hope for the best and say, how come, you know, step D isn't falling through even though you haven't done steps A, B, and C. So it's, it's very regimental. Once you kind of blocked up some time, it's, it's executing on each of those steps and, and being very kind of, you know, structured about it and very um, actionable from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody's got to develop their own plan, their own strategy, their own blueprint, because it is all about your outcome, but it is 
from there, it's about getting clear on exactly how can you reverse engineer that big outcome, whether it's a year vision, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever that may be, what's your big goal and how can you reverse engineer that and put that into action? What can you do to timestamp the process? What can you do to put it on the calendar and leverage other people, leverage other tools, other technologies to leverage your results? Because at the end of the day, I don't know about you, Namesh, but I can't do it all myself. I got to have other people helping me, whether they're on my team or whether they're a contractor, you know, an independent contractor, whether they're a virtual assistant. I mean, there's so many different ways and so many different people that want to engage with us as investors to help us get to our goals. Because look, it's, it's also beneficial for them as well. So uh, I really honor that. And, and it is about, you know, hope is not a strategy, right? It's right. getting crystal clear on what are the steps look like and, and applying that immediately. And then also course correcting because you're going to make mistakes. And as you even mentioned, you know, perhaps your family is going to call you out at some point and saying, Hey, look, you're not, you're not present with us all the time. Come on. Right. Uh, we all make mistakes. So what are you going to do to course correct and, and act more appropriately next time? So it's so important, not only for our business, but for our life and something that, you know, a concept that every listener today can, can apply immediately. So I'd love to know, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you touched on a really good point. I mean, and this is one of the things that attract me, multifamily real estate. It is very much a team sport. You're not going to take on these big projects by yourself. You're, you're going to have the right members in place who, who are much better at you at, at a certain aspect of, of the whole project. And you're going to help coordinate that. And you're going to hopefully get a partner who is on the same page with you. And, and together, you kind of figure things out. And once you start piecing all that, and once you have that blueprint and that plan in place, it's really plugging the pieces to kind of see how do you fit everything together to execute on that plan of yours. Yeah. I think that's what's been really comforting from that perspective. You mentioned brokers as being integral in terms of a part of your team. What other members of your team have really helped you accelerate your success? So, yeah, I think in addition to, in addition to brokers, I mean, that's step one. Step two is once you get the property, you can't be the one get feeling every single phone call and, and, um, and handling all the, the day-to-day details. So having the right property management, right? Like, I mean, having the right people who, who have an aligned interest, right? If, if they don't do a good job to take care of your property, they're not going to get you as a repeat customer. And um, you got to trust, trust who you're working with. You got to, you know, communicate with them on a regular basis. And I, I found in, in some of the deals I've done in the past, that's what's been most effective is having that right person that I can pick up the phone and get a hold of them right away. It's so such a relief because I'm not always in the dark about what's happening on a property. I, I can't go visit every single day because again, you know, like we talked about is setting those kind of those, those guidelines of I, I'm going to maintain my current day job. I'm going to pay attention to my family. And this is something that we're trying to build in addition to all of that. And I, I know not, not everyone does it this way. I know people are able to quit their jobs and dedicate 80 hours a week, but the way I'm going to structure this from the ground up is something that's sustainable on all fronts. One thing that, um, I mean, 100% I agree in totality, your property manager is one of, if not the most important member of your team and, you know, their team structure as well. So definitely important there. I mean, I know I've had horror stories myself with bad property managers. I've, I've gotten rid of some, I've, I've grown, I've gotten better ones and I've kind of improved the process as I've gone. But another thing that I find interesting about what you're doing, and I think is, uh, is certainly a nugget for listeners out there is that you, you found the opportunity to be a passive investor as well, which has given you the opportunity to leverage your own capital and obviously time. 
Talk to me about your experience there and why you've made the decision to, you know, be involved in real estate as a passive investor, as well as an active participant in some ways. It's been great. I mean, it's, it's basically um, getting paid to be educated, right? So I was able to partner up uh, with, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Rick Rom and Ahmed Ruby through him as well through Viking Capital, two just fantastic guys, extremely successful in this space. And uh, Vikram and I went to call, college together. So I've known him a long time. I trusted him. So uh, we were kind of talking about this and, and I said, okay, yeah, let me, uh, you know, take part as a limited investor. And, and that's what got me in the door. And uh, through that, I would, you know, pick his brain through people I met through him, like such as yourself and, and talk to people. And I, I slowly started putting pieces together. So, okay, well, something that started off as uh, essentially a black hole of information where I just had no clue what was going on you slowly start chipping away and making progress to a point where I feel like I can have more of an active role. Um, even where I've been a journal partner, I, I didn't do it by myself. I was able to be a co-manager. Um, and, and again, that then opens the route to that next level of exposure, which is operations and understanding the finances a little bit more and, and kind of getting to the nitty gritty details as opposed to just getting the basic kind of one page of performa that gets sent out to a lot of investors. And, and now as I've, as, as I kind of achieved that goal or kind of reached that hump and now it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, I think I can start piecing this together with, again, getting the right team members in place and, and maybe partnering with the right person to see, could we do one of these on our own? And, and it's just kind of a building process like everything else. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, I, that's one of the reasons why I love real estate is there's so many different opportunities to become involved, whether you want to yeah. put the deals together yourself, whether you want to work with others and help raise capital, whether you want to invest your own capital. And also, I love the distinction there that you mentioned. It's it's a way to learn as well as get paid to learn. Yeah. Because if right. you're not gaining the learning experience at the same time, you're missing a great opportunity. So anybody who's looking to be a passive investor, I highly encourage you to ask questions, to be involved, to re read the reports, to review the updates of what's going on with the property because there's so much to learn there. And just as you mentioned, I mean, you can chip away at your own understanding. You can feel super overwhelming, but every new endeavor that you take uh, on in your life can be overwhelming in the beginning. So what, what are you going to do to commit to your own learning uh, and allow that to open up new opportunities in the future? So I love that and I appreciate that very much. And, and you're not, you're not going to get that from your stockbroker, right? Like they're not going to teach you the ins and outs of how to, how to do equities and those kinds of things. And they might try to kind of give you a little, little nugget of something, but it's not going to, you're not going to go anywhere with it. So this is something you can really build on. And, and, and what I found, and this is what I wasn't expecting when I got into multifamily real estate is you meet people who are all on the same page of, of trying to continue to educate. They're trying to build a community. Um, sure. I mean, you know, maybe if, if two different investors are in the exact same market, competing on the same deal, you might have a little uh, competition from that perspective. But I, I don't, I have not found that uh, of all the people I've met in real estate, they're trying to withhold information and, and not really share like how to, how to help each individual kind of get to that next stage um, and, and provide that value. Yeah, it's a beautiful community because it truly is the, um, you know, it's actually the reality of abundance, right? Everyone can benefit when others benefit. And it's in practice in the multifamily real estate space because we can all collaborate on deals. We can collaborate on opportunities. And certainly there are times, as you mentioned, where there's a little bit of competition, but I think it's healthy and it allows us to get, you know, improve ourselves and improve to, you know, become the next highest version of ourselves, which really leads me into the next part of the discussion that I want to talk to you about is 
how are you growing as an individual? I know that, you know, someone like yourself who's performing at the highest level in so many different capacities, you know, how are you investing in yourself? Um, yeah, I, I think that's always a challenge. And, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of like, what, what is that incentive? What, what is that you're chasing? Um, for me, while, while the actual kind of, uh, the concept of having line park capital and growing a business and starting like you obviously have goals, right? Like you have, like, I want to be able to slowly grow, grow a portfolio. And obviously I'm, I'm very kind of early in the process compared to a lot of your guests who come in with these amazing numbers of units owned and controlled numbers and, and dollar value and things like that. But what, what drives me is to like continue to be in which I've kind of learned this through uh, being exposed to other people in the real estate and kind of in this community where there's always this idea of like um, personal growth mindset, kind of refocusing yourselves. And um, this is what helps kind of raise, raise the bar a little bit for my own business, right? Like how do I take action like and bring energy to what I'm trying to do uh, after going to a full day's heart or, days worth of work spending some time with the family even though i've set aside time for my real estate project or real estate business how do i still make it effective and as you know um just getting started is the hardest thing right that getting that inertia the momentum going is is really difficult um and there's plenty of times when there's self-doubt like why am i even doing this like why not why don't i just stick with my career that i have achieved um it's clearly working okay for me why do i need to even push my limits but um, as you start to kind of really depend and rely on these people, you, you, you kind of get that encouragement and, and you can really build that foundation and the network of people to kind of help you through that. So then what helps me with that is that it kind of carries over then to um, not only for myself, but again, kind of spreading that knowledge and building that uh, growth model for my, for my kids and, and kind of knowing what am I going to share with them as they get older. Um, the other thing to invest in myself is, is just health, right? Like to bring that energy that I was talking about uh, something I've kind of taken on in the last couple of years is uh, intermittent fasting. And it's, it's, it's kind of a lifestyle that's really been helpful. It's not just a diet fad. Uh, and it's really helped create a different level of energy that I, I don't get fatigued or beaten down by, by a rough day. And, and I still can bring a lot to the table. And as you can imagine, my, my kiddos aren't giving me any slack. They don't care how hard my day was. So when I come back home, they expect me to be out in the backyard and playing football, throwing football with them and, and all those kinds of things. So it's really important for me to kind of be able to invest that time and energy myself to just because I got a, I got a lot to kind of, kind of show for. Yeah, no doubt. And one of the things that really stuck out to me that you just mentioned there is that getting, getting started can be the hardest part. And I actually just read a book recently by Michael Hyatt. Many of our listeners are aware of Michael Hyatt. And it's actually called The Best Year Ever. And I thought it was so interesting what he said about goals. And if you recall the concept of eating that frog, right? It's like do the hardest thing first and then everything else will kind of get easier from there. He actually said the opposite. He said, do the easiest thing first. He's like, fall over the starting line. He's like, you can crumble and fall down and you're still going to cross the start line, create a little bit of momentum for yourself. So if you can just get started, it's amazing. Yeah. Like one thing I've, I've been wanting to do myself is write a book. And you know what I said is I'm just going to create a habit to write for five minutes a day. And it's amazing because I'll sit down and I'll start writing. It's like, oh, it's already been 15 minutes and uh, I've actually made some progress here and it's not as bad as I told myself it would be. So it's really interesting how just getting started can actually create more energy for yourself. Have you experienced that yourself? Yeah. And I think you're, you're exactly right because once you start to see, okay, well, I'm actually doing something constructive. I am kind of making progress. 
then you realize if I can just piece several of those together, I, maybe now I've, I've kind of made a, made a much bigger leap than what I thought with when I started at time zero. And that's what I found is um, it's, it's, you got to keep plugging along. I mean, it's, it's too easy to just kind of step away and say, ah, just throw your hands up in the air and it's, it's just not worth my time and effort. And everyone else has been able to achieve it because, and you can list five different reasons that they got to achieve and I can. And that's not really the case. When you really sit down and talk to these, talk to everyone, everyone's kind of got their own story and their unique, unique path. And, uh, you know, they made it. So why not, why not you essentially? So speaking of a story and unique path, I'd love to know, I mean, have, have there been any sort of failures along the way that have really stuck out to you that have been big lessons for your own journey that you've used for later success or just curious? Absolutely. Uh, being in medicine, especially in the surgical field, uh, that's kind of what a lot of our education is kind of a uh, premise on meaning, uh, not that we constantly are making mistakes, but you have to, uh, you're, you're always trying to get better, right? So like, as soon as you, we, throughout our training, even now we're professionals and fully on our own, if there's ever like, let's say a case doesn't go well or a procedure go well, or has a bad outcome or not unintended outcome, we are constantly reviewing it. We're constantly trying to say, okay, how do we make sure that never happens again? Or how do we make ourselves better? Um, because ultimately, like, you know, when, when there are these failures, it's, it's not just, for example, in a real estate, if you have a failure, yeah, no one likes it, but you learn your lesson. You, you kind of uh, take your take your hits and you kind of move on to the next project and make sure, okay, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. In medicine, there's a lot more at stake, right? So like we come into a plan, uh, we make a plan for surgery, just like you make a plan for a real estate project. But we come with a plan that nothing's going to happen and it's going to go perfect. And that's kind of like the expectation. So when it doesn't, I mean, it takes a lot out of you. I mean, you're, you're, you, you kind of tell yourself that will never happen again. You, you kind of eat you up inside. You're kind of distracted at home and you think about it all the time. So when there's a failure in, in my line of work, it's, it, it, hit home, it hits home pretty in a, in a rough way. So with that kind of idea, um, you know, as I kind of carry over to, to real estate, yeah, it has, has everything gone exactly to the way I – underwrote it or analyze it. No, but at least while it may have, may have made me take a step back from how much of a risky deal to get into, it's, it's probably been, you know, it's probably protecting me in the long run. So it may set me back a little bit in terms of the, the rate at which I can grow and scale, but hopefully I'm making, making the right decisions on, as I move forward, you know, on this uh, unit, I complex I did recently or about a year ago, uh, I, you know, I analyzed it, thought I figured everything out, talked to everybody, dotted every I, crossed every T. And then when I got into it, I, I started thinking maybe I dotted every I and crossed every T on someone else's page because there's so many things that came up that I didn't anticipate. And, and both all were manageable and it was okay. But I learned so much out of that. I'm, I'm going to classify as a failure because it didn't go to the plan of despite all the continues I had already thought of. Um, but I learned so much of it. And it's, it's, there's no dollar value to put on that, right? It's so so incredibly valuable for that. Yeah, I've I've had those lessons myself. I I can yeah. definitely tell you that, and it's uh, it's it's painful when you go through it, but it's valuable when you go through the other side of it. I know that for sure. I'd be curious to know, uh, just as you mentioned there, in terms of in your medical practice, if there's a failure, it can be much more, you know, impactful than mm -hmm. a you know a failure that you can experience in your real estate business uh, or business otherwise how do you manage your psychology from that capacity? Oh. Because I feel like that's got to be the, the, at the utmost importance there. It is. Yeah. And because it's, it's critical because it involves another, another human being. Right. So 
in general, I think when there's a failure in any walk of life, like, I just want to run away. I just, I just want to be somewhere else, right? Or I'm just going to not acknowledge it. Uh, the lesson I've learned with medicine and any failures in my kind of line of work is you got to deal with it head on and you can't, you can't ignore a patient. You, you gotta, you gotta talk them through it. You gotta talk yourself through it. Um, you, you really lie heavily on your colleagues and say, Hey, has this ever happened to you? How did you handle it? Um, and, and I think what's, what's helpful is no one really, uh, takes it on. You no one ridicules you because everyone's been there. Everyone's, if you haven't been, you're going to be there. And it is just the worst feeling to know that you may have played a role in something not working out as well as possible for a patient. Now it may not be completely out of your control and maybe it really has nothing to do with what we physically did, but that connection with that patient is so, so paramount. It's hard to kind of walk away from that. So I think the psychology of it is, is you got to have the right mentality to be ready and expect things are going to happen. And when they do, you kind of, you, know, you talk your way through that and then kind of direct it head on with the patients and, and not, not only the patient, but yourself. Don't, there's no reason to hide behind it. And uh, you can then build on that and see what we're going to go with there from there. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just seems like something where it just comes back to responsibility. At the end of the day, it's about being responsible. It's about, you know, when you make a mistake, owning up to it and saying, look, I'm, I'm here and I'll do anything I can to rectify the situation as much yes. as possible. But you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, you know, there are risks in every part of our life and whether it's our business or, you know, medically, if you're obviously a practitioner there, um, you know, you've got to be aware of that. And so having an eyes wide open sort of perspective, I think is important as well, but then also being, you know, uh, resourceful and having others that you can lean on to say, Hey, you know, I made a mistake here. What do I need to do? And, uh, and taking that responsibility. So I think that's really important. Dimesh, who, who are your role models? would you say? You know, I've, I've thought about this over the years because, you know, in, in, in different lines of work or different levels of, you know, depending on what kind of professional you're, you, you come across other people who have role models, they talk about it. And I've always struggled as, as I've thought about that over the years, like I've kind of always struggled, like who, who is my one role model that I, or one or two that I look up to. And uh, because you might, you might like someone because, wow, so-and-so is a great entrepreneur and, and has achieved so much, but then you realize man, they, they really don't do much to give back to their, to their community or their world, right? Or you might find someone who's extremely inspirational, a great personal growth leader, but then they're on their third marriage, right? So, mm. um, it, you know, which you, you might have 10 characteristics that you really want to find the top percentage or, or reach the top tier at, but it, it's going to be hard to find the one or two people who can check off that box for every one of those 10 categories versus, you know, finding 10 different people who maybe person A is great at this or and the other person great at something else that you want to achieve. Um, and, and that's easy said than done because you can look at all these people in the media who made a big name for themselves and kind of go to that. But what I found, I think ultimately, this might sound odd, is I found a lot of my role models are actually just the people I interact with on a daily basis. You know, isn't a colleague that is great at a certain surgical skill that I'm not quite as good at yet, or is, is my, am I as generous as my neighbor is, or can, can I lead people the way my CEO is or my parents or my wife, you know, even like my youngest kid unsolicited. I mean, I can't tell you how the number of times friends and family have commented like how he just, he's always got a smile on his face. He always lights up the room. I mean, when's the last time you heard an adult described that way. Right. And, and my five-year-old never went to a, a, a a course on how to project positive attitude or watch a podcast. And, it, and I just think of him, I'm very mindful of him as I go through my own days. Like, how do I, how do I get people to think about 
that way about myself and uh, throughout my just day-to-day work. So when I think, when I think of role models, it's, it's really about the people who are in my little life circle who kind of deal with what I deal with. And while he's much better, she's much better at that particular part of the day than I am. And I, I just want to kind of emulate that. And I think that's what a role model comes down to be, right? We want, it's always nice to kind of say some big name person, um, is, is my role. And I'm not to say you can't take away those great things, but I, I think there's a little bit more impact on those who are directly around you and you can get kind of that same growth and that same improvement in your life self from that. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year? Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. I'm inspired by the reminder and the seed that you've planted into my mind and the minds of the listeners, the viewers out there, because, you know, it doesn't have to be Jeff Bezos. It doesn't have to be, you know, these people who are, you know, theoretically changing the world. You know, every individual has their own impact on the world and people around them. And it's really a domino effect that you can observe and you can train your mind to look out for other sort of behaviors that you can implement into your own life and become a more well-rounded individual, you know, the, the greatest version of yourself. So I appreciate you sharing that. And, um, I love that. I actually, um, you know, Namesh, I'd, I'd love to know what are, what's, what are you most excited about these days? What are you, what's getting you amped up today? It's, you know, it's a trust. I'm, I'm 42 years old and, uh, kind of going back to a little bit of, of the, the, the point of my career I'm at. So, you know, my practice 10 years, I've, I've built a, a good practice that's sustainable right now. And, and obviously that's going to take continued work and effort and a continued modification improvement. And, and, uh, I've, as I've kind of, kind of that light bulb, that light bulb turned on that I need to start thinking about something else. And I got my doors open to real estate. And again, like that, I, I touched base on it, the people I got introduced to, I mean, it is so it's almost addictive. I mean, every time I learn a tip of information or a new pearl, from someone from a different walk of life. I'm like, well, how did you do that? Like what, like what are, I, I just, my mind, I just feels blown every other week when I find, come across a new person or a new book that I was turned on to by someone else. And there's just so much more out there. Um, medicine's great and all, but the, the one negative part of medicine is it is a put your head down and, and grind it out. You know, you follow this pathway and you'll, after eight, 10, 12 years, I hate to even say those numbers, you're going to end up with a certain goal. And, and it's good and it's structured, but it, it, it closes, it, it's almost like, it's like puts blinders on um, to other aspects of life. So what I'm really excited about right now is, I'm, again, I'm 42 and I, I feel like I'm just now turning things on and, and kind of exposing myself to so many things. I don't think I would have because I was so focused on getting to my education, building my practice. And now there's not just pressure I wouldn't call it pressure because that sounds like a negative connotation, but I'm excited to learn for myself. But then what I'm really excited about is even if it doesn't pertain to me, I have four little guys to pass it on to. 
and they may not follow again, like I said, my path or my formula, but I might shed some light to something that maybe not be interesting to me, but they may just go with it and kind of take it and run with it, you know? And I think that's, what's really exciting right now that there's really no stone to leave unturned at this point. I'm like you, I'm, I'm addicted to learning and what yeah. it can mean for my life. And just, I'm just so curious, the more I've learned, the more I realize that I don't know and the more that I can give to other people. So it is really exciting. And that's one of the things I love about real estate as well. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, we're going to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the okay. rare air questionnaire. It's all about raising the bar. It's all about expanding your limits and, and really setting the bar to your next intention. So I'd love to know uh, just a few things here. What would you say are the top two or three most impactful books that you've read and why? Yeah, I would say uh, there's a book called uh, Obstacles the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, I, it was an absolute game changer for me. It's, it's kind of based on, you know, without trying to make it true to academic, the philosophy of some stoicism, but he makes it really very applicable to day-to-day, you know, modern lifestyle. And it is, it's really about, there are going to be, things are going to happen. There's, that's, it's unavoidable. Um, and, and there's this idea that it's either an obstacle or, or a burden or a blessing. But the, the real question is, are they really mutually, mutually exclusively, right? So like, can it, can an obstacle be a, be an opportunity? Can it be a blessing? And this isn't just a, you know, you know, it's a blessing in disguise. It is okay. That's clearly an obstacle. What do we have to do to navigate around it? What doors does it open that wouldn't have opened unless that obstacle came in the way? So, you know, real life example right now, like the way we practice medicine, you know, if, if the current situation hasn't happened or hadn't happened, we wouldn't be doing um, virtual visits or telehealth medicine, which is completely the main way we're practicing medicine at the moment. Now it's not going to be the, the primary way we practice medicine going forward, but now it's definitely here to stay. And um, I think it's, it creates a way to think that what he talks about in this book is how do you want to, if an obstacle occurs, what is your perception of it? You have complete control on that. You can decide, is this a good thing or a bad thing until then? It's just, it's just something an event. It's just something that's happened, but you label it whether it's good or bad. And then once you've labeled it, what's going to be your action with it. So there's really, when, when you kind of think of things that way, everything is manageable, right? Like, so is it good or bad? Does it have to be bad? Not necessarily. And it really thinks puts things perspective a bit to, to kind of not make it feel like, oh, wow, everything's falling apart around you. Yeah. And sometimes an obstacle can be perhaps even a blessing, right? A blessing in disguise. That's, that's why I like to talk about failure because sometimes it teaches us a lesson that we would never have learned otherwise if we were just living in the comfort of, you know, continual success. Right. Yeah. So I love that. What would you go ahead? Oh, no. And a, a couple other quick books I was going to mention, like uh, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek and he taught, he does a lot on literature, on, sorry, on leadership. And, um, you know, one of his books start by asking why, you know, again, it has to do with the substance behind what, what you're doing. And I think something that comes up often, uh, David Goggins can't, t- can't hurt me is, is just, I mean, an eye opener. And he's had that chapter about, have you, have you read it? I actually have not. And I've, I'm ashamed to say that. Oh no. I mean, it's not the, I, I just recently, come, I've heard about it. I just recently read it. And, uh, he has this chapter titled taking souls. And it sounds very dark, and but it is so impactful, and uh, wow. it, it's such a driving, driving motivator. So uh, I think I think just getting those kind of tidbits, information together, really makes a big difference. 
All right, you're pushing me. I'm going to do it. I, you know, how many people yeah. have told me to read that book? I can't even tell oh, you. Right. It's like, it's yeah. off the charts. So yeah, we'll yeah. definitely have to, uh, I'll, I'll read that book and we'll put all links in the show notes here to all these great books. I appreciate you sharing that. And um, talk to me, what would you say the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis is? Yeah, I think um, it's, I, I think what it comes down to is gratitude. And, and what I mean by that is not just about, you know, saying thank you to everyone around you all the time. It's, it's really stepping back and, and, and genuinely appreciating what you have around you. It's interesting. Um, again, in my line of work, when someone gets hurt, I mean, they're always from day one asking, when do I get back to quote unquote normal, which, which is a very fair question. But, you know, if you carry that forward, even like our current situation, right? Only thing that's in the, in the news is when do we go back to a normal that we're used to, or will there be a normal? I, sh I bet you six weeks ago, before all this happened, how many people were out there complaining about their current situation, their current life, right? Now all we can think about is how do I get back to that? So I think really going through life, appreciating having that gratitude of, of what's really in front of you. What I mean, as simple as, you know, having the internet work in your house and cable and the ability to go to the grocery store without wearing a mask, all those little things. Like, I mean, it really puts things in perspective by having that gratitude and it, it just makes life just easier to kind of take on and, and not, be stuck in this kind of natural way where we all want to complain and, and find something to gripe about. Yeah. yeah, so true. And it's really interesting to reframe that and say, hey, you know, before this happened, you know, many people were complaining about their circumstances. And then when this pattern interrupt occurred in the entire planet, everyone's saying, let me get back to what I was complaining about. It is really interesting to reframe it in that capacity yeah. and to recognize that in any moment, there's always good. There's always good things that you can be grateful yes. for and, and thoughtful about and intentionally grateful for. So what's, uh, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Namesh? I think, I think knowing how I try to challenge myself and elevate myself, I, I, I I try to actively see that in those around me. Um, I, I, I believe, I may be optimistic, uh, I, I generally believe in the good of people. I think everyone has good intentions. And I, we all know that's not true, but I, I wanna walk in when I first meet someone and, and believe in that. And when you listen to them and hear what they're trying to achieve, and you know, I, I think everyone has a you know, sincere goal. And I, I try to, the way I try to elevate things is try to nurture that, encourage it. Um, fill in the gaps if, if I can see that they're truly struggling with something and, and not to not to advise or be critical or say, hey, you need to do this, but try to just steer that in the right direction. Because ultimately, like, if we have everyone trying to do something like that, we're, we're all going to be in good shape. Um, I may not connect with what they're doing or understand what they're doing, but I think at the end of the day, if they're doing it for genuine purposes, I, I, think I would like to be a part of that and help that out. Well, you've certainly helped out our listeners today. Really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and, and so much gold wisdom here today. Namesh, is there any other parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? Yeah, I would say I think uh, always looking for always looking for weak spots, you know, in, in you as an individual, right? It's, it's not to be overly critical about yourself, but just be honest with yourself and say if you're not as good at something as you as, as somebody else or as you want to be, just kind of same thing, deal with the head on, put in the steps to, to improve on that. And it's out there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to do it alone. There's someone out there who's already done it. And I think there's so much great content out there that's easy accessible. There's never a moment to feel helpless or this will never work. It's, you, can, you can move the needle in the right direction. 
That's awesome. That is, it's so true. And I love just taking a real inventory of yourself and saying, Hey, like what's, what's good, what's bad, what can I improve on today? And that's what, that's what Elevate's all about. So I really, really appreciate you being here on the show today. Tell Elevate Nation how they can uh, learn more about what you're doing and, and engage with you along your journey. Yeah, I would love that. Um, they can reach me at any time at my email address. It's Nimesh Patel. It's N-I-M-E-S-H-P-A-T-E-L at lionparkcap, L-I-O-N-P-A-R-K-C-A-P.com. And um, yeah, I'm always uh, connecting with people. And, uh, you know, once we kind of email back and forth, I'm happy to exchange phone numbers and uh, and go from there. But uh, I'm, I'm looking to connect with people just like I think anyone else is. And you know, whether it's real estate or medicine or just any aspect of things, I would love to kind of connect with anybody. Well, and as you can tell, this is a genuine individual. This is a genuine caring person. So I highly encourage you to take him up on his invitation to engage with him. Uh, we'll definitely put information there in the show notes in terms of uh, following up. And uh, I encourage you to re-listen to the show because there's a lot here. There's a lot of actionable wisdom. And so you want to distill this down, you know, what are your top three takeaways? What are your top three distinctions? And what can you do to teach this to someone else? Because the teacher is really who learns the most. The teacher is who really anchors their own understanding into their central nervous system. And I think it's such an exciting concept to be able to share this wisdom with other people. So uh, if you're also listening on your phone, take a screenshot and post it on social media, tag a friend who you want to teach this information to. And beyond this, take massive action because no one else is going to do it for you. And knowledge is only potential power. Action is the real power. So uh, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for being on the show, Namesh. Yeah, Tyler, I wanted to thank you. I really appreciate you and, and the, the value you bring with this podcast. I mean, the, the other guests you've had on your show have just been really awesome. And I'm extremely humbled to be part of that group. So uh, thank you for this opportunity. Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. And uh, you are absolutely a phenomenal individual. So thank you so much for being here. And Elevate Nation, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.